Welcome to Reframe the Game, and I am so excited that you are here and that you are listening to this right now. If you're listening to this right now, that means that my my dream or my aspiration of starting a podcast has come or is coming to fruition uh, because you're listening to it right now, which means it's been published and it's out there for everyone to engage with, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, my name is Kent, uh, and I'm an athletic trainer. I'm an educator. I am a personal development junkie, and um, I'm the host of of Reframe the Game. And I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time before we get into the episodes, uh, into the content episodes, kind of talking about myself. If you don't, if if you don't know me and you don't know my story, some of the things that I discuss in the episodes may not make sense or maybe without context. Um, and also to share with you some of the origins or the origin of, of the podcast itself and why, um, why you're here today listening to this podcast. So about me, I'm an athletic trainer. I have been an athletic trainer since 2009 when I graduated from Grand Valley State University uh, with my bachelor's degree in athletic training. From there, I went and worked in the college and university setting at Auburn University, um, where I worked swimming and diving, had some great opportunities to do some fun traveling, some some fun experiences that I don't know if I'd, I'd experience otherwise if I wasn't with the swimming and diving teams. Uh, and then I graduated in 2011 with my master's degree in athletic training and continued on with Auburn University while I worked on my PhD in uh, kinesiology and neuromechanics. And, you know, uh, during during that time, I had an opportunity to work with uh, high school, secondary school athletes, um, had an opportunity to work in the military setting for a while, had an opportunity to work with public safety, uh, later had an opportunity to build a to build a clinic for for firefighters and other public sa- and members of public safety. Um, and then in 2013, I uh, started my career as a faculty member at Indiana State University, and that's where I'm at today. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an associate professor right now, as well as a as as well as the director of clinical education for the DAT program, the Doctor of Athletic Training program at Indiana State. And I've been I've been blessed to have the opportunity to be at Indiana State for you know eight years now, uh, seven seven eight years now, and really see the transition and help lead the transition between the post-professional master's degree and, and the post-professional DAT degree. Uh, and, you know, my primary research and, and the things I do on a daily basis, uh, I, I teach students. Uh, I do research uh, in the past. I've done it on, on everything from chronic ankle instability uh, to uh, the neuromechanical consequences of prolonged sitting uh, to, you know, injuries in military personnel and and also, you know, public safety individuals, police and firefighters, and then and also studying the delivery healthcare delivery system uh, for for public safety uh, members and how we can implement athletic training services in in the public safety setting at at a large scale, right? Not just one offs, but how can we systematically do that? And you know, so so my my path into personal development and my path into um, this idea of reframe the game 
isn't something that I ever expected I would be doing in my life. And it wasn't part of the plan that I had for my life, which, which I think is funny uh, because it was probably part of the plan uh, or it probably is part of the plan, but I didn't see it that way, right? My plan was to, you know, go be a faculty member, crush it, maybe be a chair, be a faculty member. And that's what my job is going to be, right? I'm going to be an athletic training educator uh, most of my life. And then I'm going to retire and do whatever I want to do after that. That's not how life works. <laughs> um, it, it, anyone with some life experience is probably laughing at that. Or, or, or even if you're experiencing life right now, uh, you, you can chuckle at this idea of having a plan and then it getting, getting shifted. Uh, and you know, I think, I think the story where I want to pick up is in 2016, December, 2016. So up until this point, you know, from my faculty career, from my career as a, as a learner, as an undergraduate student, as a graduate student, as a doctoral student, I mean, I was crushing it. Like I, I, I had found purpose in athletic training. I had found energy in athletic training. I had found uh, my voice in athletic training. And uh, it was serving me really well. The profession of, of athletic training was serving me really well. And I had an opportunity to, to give back and serve it in various capacities in the national and, and regional and local and state uh, professional membership organizations. And I, I've been involved since, you know, for 15 years now. I've, um, and it's hard to believe that I've been on this athletic training path for, for almost half of my life. And, um, you know, by, by any stretch of the magic, by, by, by anyone's definition of success, I was successful. Um, in, in fall of 2018 or 2016, I felt ready to go up for uh, promotion to associate professor and tenure, which is, which is a milestone in one's kind of in, in an academic career and a faculty member's life, life cycle. And, I felt pretty confident that I was going to to be able to move forward in that. The typical typical timeline is six, seven, or eight years uh, to earn promotion and tenure to associate. Um, and I was doing it in four, so I felt good about myself, and I felt pretty confident that that I was going to be successful in that. Um, also, during that time, um, I was expecting a child in in spring of two thousand seventeen. Um, and then I had an opportunity to apply for my dream job, what I thought was my dream job at the time, and it may still be my dream job, who knows. Um, but it was, it, was a, it was a dream or it was an aspiration. It was an aspirational job that I had looked forward to since I was uh, an, undergraduate, an undergraduate student in, at, at Grand Valley State. And so all of these things are happening at the same time, right? And it all come together in December of 2016. So December of 2016, I get an interview with my with my dream job. I feel like I've done everything I can to 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 crush it, to be successful. I, you know, I did everything you're supposed to do. I go to the interview, knock it out of the park, super successful. I feel really confident that I'm going to be offered the job. On the way home from the interview. Um, I get an email notification that I have been awarded from, uh, you know, tenure and promoted to associate professor. That's awesome too, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, everything, everything seems to be going well, 
And on that drive back um, after the interview, I started to have almost, I don't know if it was panic, but I, I had this overwhelming weight on me that I wasn't enough, that I that I wasn't living up to anyone's expectations, I was failing myself, that I wasn't living up to my own expectations, that I was inherently flawed, that I wasn't pure, that I wasn't enough just the way I was. And um, it was, it was, it was traumatic, right? I don't know if anyone has ever felt that way, like the weight of expectations coming down on you after good things have happened. Like this is what I had worked for my, my entire professional life, right? Like up until this point, I had worked to try to get my dream job. I had worked to try to earn, uh, try to earn tenure and be promoted. And I was doing all those things and I was doing them exceptionally well. Like what, why wouldn't I think that I could crush it? But for whatever reason, uh, maybe it was I was doing too much, or you know, I haven't, I haven't, I'm still uncovering that about myself five years later. But you know, I don't know what it was, but I simply felt like I could not handle this anymore. And I get home. I you know, it's late at night at this point. You know, early early morning, one two o'clock in the morning. Um, and I just sit with myself and. I, I'm just totally defeated. Like I, I, I feel in, in the middle of my heart and in my soul and my body that I am not enough, that I don't deserve any of this and that I will never be able to live up to the expectations that I just did for the last four years as a faculty member. I'll never be able to the ex- live up to the expectations that I set for myself uh, in that interview if, if I was to be selected. And it was absolutely crushing to me. And I didn't know what the way out would be. Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, I, I'm like, I got to do something. Like, this is just too much. This is too much for me to handle right now. And so I, I just reflect and I say, I can't, I can't go to this dream job. I have to with I can't even give myself the opportunity to be successful. So I I I I got on my computer and I wrote an email to the search chair and I withdrew my name from consideration. I withdrew my name from consideration for my dream job in an interview that I crushed and in a way that I definitely thought like there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be offered the position and I just pulled myself out. I took myself out of contention for my dream job. And I felt like I had to do that because I somehow, I, I, I couldn't have been successful if I went there. It, and, and I don't know why I was thinking that, right? Like it was totally, totally imposter syndrome, totally, you know, not believing in myself. And I look back at that time in my life and I, I like, I, I mean, I know I was in a really dark place. So I, you know, in, in a bid for relief, I withdrew my name from consideration. I, I, I cut that part of my, I, I cut that dream off, essentially. I, I stunted my own growth. I stunted my, um, I said I was not going to grow in this way with hopes of thinking that somehow that would make me feel better. 
but that's not how the story goes, right? Like, I don't feel better. I don't feel better. Um, and I, I still, like, again, a couple hours ago, I just got notified I was going to be uh, promoted to associate professor with tenure. Totally awesome accomplishment, but it didn't feel like an awesome accomplishment to me. It felt empty. It felt like I was performing. Uh, it was just, it was a performance that I was faking to, to, in order to earn that. And then when I earned it, it didn't resonate with me. There was no pride. There was no joy, um, in that. And also it, it added the weight of expectation. Like I had just been kicking my ass or I've been, I've been working my ass off for the last four years. And now I'm supposed to do this more. I don't know how I can do that more. Like, but, but there, but, but, but my, my, my job was investing in me and saying, you're worthy. And I didn't believe myself. I didn't believe that I was, I didn't believe them. I didn't believe me that I, that I was enough. And, you know, in the coming days, I went to a really, really dark spot. And, um, you know, I haven't shared this in like a public asynchronous forum before. So, um, you know, I, I thought about ending my life and I took steps and actions to prepare for that um, because I didn't think I was enough and there was no way that I was ever going to be enough. You know, fortunately, um, I didn't. I didn't go down that path. I didn't take um, the action of ending my life and I'm, I'm grateful I'm grateful that I didn't. I'm grateful that in the moment I, for whatever reason, that decision wasn't made or I didn't make that decision. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, except that I didn't. I didn't go forward anymore. I simply stopped and I just was for a period of time. And you know, for, for, for a, for a good chunk of 2017, right? This was the end of 2016 when all this happened for a good chunk of 2017, I was stuck, right? My, my, my son was born, um, in, in April of 2017. And he, uh, he is an amazing, amazing blessing in my life. And I'm so grateful to have him, um, you know, but, but by and large, it was just paused. My life was just paused, at least in my mind. And, um, from my perspective, being paused was better than the alternative. And the alternative was doing things that, um, I couldn't take back. Right. Or, or the alternative was trying to, trying to raise up and meet, meet the pressure, which I didn't think I was able to do. And if, if you know me, or if you've, if you, if you've, if you interacted with me in that time and, and anyone who did interact with me on that time would have, w- wouldn't say that that was happening. They would be like, oh man, you can't, I had no idea like what was going I didn't know any of this was happening. Uh, it's because I did a really good job of faking it because I had been good at performing my entire life. I had been trained to perform. Like th- I had trained myself to perform when I wasn't feeling my feelings, when I wasn't expressing myself, I was able to move my myself out of my body and move it all into my head, which may be a reason I, I, 
I was attracted to the idea of an intellectual pursuit like athletic training, and then even further into into research and teaching, um, where I could be in my head and I can problem solve and I could rationalize and, and logically move myself from one spot to the other. Uh, but in doing that, I wasn't I wasn't in tune with me. I wasn't in tune with the human of Kent, and you know, anyway, that, that goes on for eight, nine months. And then it's, it's August of 2017. I don't know what has to change. I'm just kind of drifting. And I had casually read Lewis Howe's uh, School of Greatness. I was a, a casual listener to his podcast. And I'm listening one day and he has an ad for a conference that he's doing or a summit that he's doing that's in Columbus, Ohio. And that's only like three or four hours away from Terre Haute. It was at a reasonable cost. And um, I was like, you know what? This kind of sounds cool. This guy's cool. He's a former athlete, yeah, whatever. It's in Columbus. It'd be a good way to drive and, and do something fun for a weekend. And, you know, I, I go to this event, this three-day summit. I meet people from all over the country, uh, from all over the world, really. They have all sorts of different careers. I've met, I met some lawyers. I met people who were doing podcasts. I met people who were students. I met people who were retired. I met superintendents, I met teachers, I met business owners, you know, any, all sorts of different types of people. And all of them were there because they wanted to experience massive personal growth. I was there because it was cool. And uh, I, I listened to this guy's podcast and I didn't know what to expect. So I'm there, I'm like a fish out of water. I, I show up the first day like professionally dressed like I would if I'd go to like a, a national conference, you know, and, and these people are wearing like jeans and, you know, you know, T-shirts and, you know, they have their own style. They're just being themselves. And I'm like, I am way out of place here. What the heck is happening? Like, I don't know. This is like new age voodoo hippie stuff. Like, I, I don't know. Like they got bulletproof coffee, they got all this stuff. Right. And, and I, I'm just like. I feel so out of place. I feel so awkward. But at the same time, it was so beautiful because no one knew who I was. In the world of athletic training, in the world of, of um, you know, my life, my professional life, I felt this pressure like, oh my gosh, I can't do this, I can't do that, or I have to behave this way, or I have to behave that way because I have these expectations from all of these people and I have uh, I have to behave a certain way. And, and I had all these expectations and, and preconceived notions of how I was supposed to be. And I went to this, this conference, no one had any idea who I was. Most of them had no idea what an athletic trainer was either. And I didn't have to explain that. They weren't interested in what I did. They were interested in who I was. And so it was, it was extremely freeing to be in that crowd. And I go through the event and we have speaker after speaker after speaker. Many of these people, I don't know who they are. You know, I come to find out that you know, Brendan Bouchard is a high performance coach. He's, he, you know, he's been speaking around the world for several years. He, he's got an amazing story, had no idea who he was, but transformative, transformative influence on my life. And, and again, this could be said for every speaker that was, that was there. And I left this conference, this summit feeling like there was hope and that's all I needed like I would describe myself as pretty intuitive and and and, a, and a, with good work ethic and you know hell I was able to do a lot of hard things like like I was able to do hard things 
I was just, I just didn't have a spark. And I go to this conference and, and the summit and I, and I get this spark and I'm like, okay, we're going to go all in. And so a, a week later I, I enroll back in school uh, and, and I, and I enroll in school to be a, to be a certified, a board certified life and career coach, because I wanted to know about psychology and positive psychology and how you apply those things and how you can be a coach with a credential. Because for me, credentials were important, uh, you know, coming from healthcare credentials, credentials are a sign that you know what you're doing, that you've, that you've been vetted, uh, and that you are are able that you've you've at least shown minimal competency to be able to do what you say you want to do, um, and so I go I go do that. So you know, two weeks a week after I come home from this summit of greatness, I'm like consuming this stuff like it's like it's going out of style. I'm feeling better about myself. At the same time, I don't I am not investing in anything athletic training at all. I'm not investing in professional development. I'm not investing in you know going to conferences. I already had accumulated my CEUs and all of the things that I thought I needed to be to be an athletic trainer. You know, I, I was investing in myself as a human being and it felt so good to take that break and to invest in myself while still being able to live my life. And, you know, I go, I, I go through the program at Ryder University, become a, a, a coach, um, start coaching clients, you know, having amazing conversations, you know, continuing on this path of, of help, of helping people understand their own dreams and aspirations as I was understanding my, my own dreams and aspirations. So it was a, it was a very intense and fun experience, uh, that, that, you know, the latter half of 2017 rolling into 2018 and, you know, I felt good. And, and, you know, the more I thought about it, and you know, at the time I was like, I was doing this for me and it wasn't for anyone else. It was, it was for me to find a different type of fulfillment in my life, a fulfillment as a human, which I wasn't experiencing when I was so invested in myself as a professional, when I was an athletic trainer first and a human second, right? When, when I was, when, you know, it, it served me for a long time but I wasn't there anymore. I, I wasn't to this place where I felt fulfilled by only being an athletic trainer. Like I used to get on people for saying, oh, I'm just an athletic trainer. I still, it still annoys me a little bit, right? But that's okay if you say you're just an athletic trainer because you're also an amazing human, right? Like, like, like we, we, you know, an athletic trainer is enough and an athletic trainer isn't the only part of who we are. And so I think that was like the precursor of reframe the game. I think it was the precursor to what I stand for today. And, you know, I think it really led me here. So, so let's go from, let's jump from, you know, 2018 to 2020 over that period of time, you know, I, I'm practicing all of these things that I'm learning. And as I'm doing this, I'm learning more and more. And I'm hearing stories from athletic trainers who are experiencing similar things to me. Like they feel like they're not enough for whatever reason. Like, like they're not enough as a healthcare provider. They're not enough as a mother. They're not enough as a, as a father. They're not enough as a friend. They're not enough as a student. You know, like they don't feel like they're enough because they, they didn't pass the BOC exam the first time or the second time or the, or the sixth time, right? Like these stories of athletic trainers experiencing, although our, our stories are different, our stories all rhyme. 
right? Like our, our stories all have a theme. And that theme was, I'm not enough. And, and so, so my, my analyzing brain, like the way my brain is wired, I start to, I start to kind of formulate, well, what's going on here? Is there a way that I can use my purpose to help the profession that I love? And, and, and so there is the birth of what eventually becomes reframe the game and hopefully some more things in the future is how can I align what I feel so connected into my soul and what, what my purpose is and, and, and tie that into what I love at the, in, in athletic training and help those people and, and help myself in the process, help, help athletic trainers, help myself and and find ways to fulfill myself by by just living at my source like just living at this place where i feel like i have unlimited energy and i can be authentic and i can be as close to myself as i as i can be or as close to my best self as as i can be for as much of the time as possible so you know I, I, I dabbled in in creating some some courses for the DAT program. I had opportunities and some flexibility to implement these things. And again, as I implemented them, I noticed I continued to see this pattern of we we focus and we develop ourselves as professionals and we pride ourselves on professionals, but oftentimes or at moments in our lives, and even in moments in our professional lives, we feel like we're not enough. And we feel like there's something more and we feel frustrated. And sometimes that leads to apathy and sometimes that leads to burnout. And sometimes that leads to people just accepting low salaries. And sometimes that, that leads to us breaking the boundaries that we set for ourselves. You know, like I'm not going to work past five o'clock today. And then what do you do? You're there until eight. Like, like I wanted to know why. And I wanted to not only know why I wanted to, help find ways that we could spread a message that I could spread a message about improving these parts, because these are all things that I went through and that I, I still struggle with, right? Like I think, I think it's human to struggle, but I have, I have my, I have a better skill set. I have a better mindset. I have better motivation to help me through the difficulty that we will all face as humans to help me through the adversity that we will most definitely face as athletic trainers. And so, you know, as this was all happening, right, I also met Alicia Pennington uh, of The Advantage LLC. I had an opportunity to meet her at a speaking engagement at, at one of the national conferences. And, you know, we have private conversations and we are just like vibing off each other. We, we really resonate with one another in terms of this idea that, that we feel like we want to make a bigger influence. And I have the opportunity to influence the profession every day in the classroom of, of, of the DAT program at Indiana State. And I wanted to do more. I felt like I could do more. And so Alicia and, and the Advantage uh, LLC, they have, they have their Advantage podcast network. And, and her and I have been, had been kicking around the idea of me potentially hosting a podcast. I had appeared on a couple other podcasts, uh, you know, Alicia's, and some of the other podcasts that are out there in athletic training. 
at this point in time, I had started to like engage in speaking engagements. Like I, I prefer not to talk about, I prefer not to speak about tactical athlete delivery systems, although I can, and I am very capable of, I, I, I prefer to spread the message about personal development as professional development and how we can invest and how we have the opportunity to invest in ourselves as humans as much, if not more, than we invest of our, in ourselves as professionals. And here are the opportunities to do that. And this is what we can do, giving them, again, the mindset, the belief that, that we can do this as athletic trainers, the motivation. Here's why we need to do this as athletic trainers. And the methods. Here's what we can do or here are things you can try to engage in personal development and, and grow yourself as a human because the other thing that happened during this period of time is I became a better athletic trainer and I and I became a better teacher and I became a better researcher. But the funny thing was I wasn't investing any time or really energy for that for that matter in really honing my skills as an athletic trainer, as a researcher, as a teacher. I was spending my time improving myself as a human. And what I learned is that if I can improve myself as a human, I can improve myself in what I do every day as part of my profession. And that was like an eye opener for me. And, um, so, so yeah, we're there. Like, like Alicia, uh, extends this offer to me, Alicia and, and her husband, Maurice, we, you know, we're, we're conceptualizing this. We've talked about it and, um, it's, it feels like it's happening. And, and, and then they, they, they both asked me like, well, what do you want to call this? What, do, what is the name of this uh, podcast going to be or what this experience? And, you know, I, I, I didn't know right away. It didn't come to me naturally, but pretty quickly I settled on reframe the game. And the reason I chose reframe the game and the reason reframe the game exists today is because as athletic trainers, we often view our professional life as the most important. Or we, even if we don't view it like that, we feel the pressure that it must be the most important. Like our role is to serve other people. And, and that service to others requires we sacrifice ourselves. And, you know, you know, what ends up happening is we give up what we have for what we want. And, you know, for, for me, I had to, I had to reframe this conversation around myself, like in thinking that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy, that everyone's just lying to me, right? That I've just been performing. And I had to reframe that into, I am enough. I am worthy. And the most important relationship I'm ever going to have is with myself and understanding myself, and loving myself, and learning from myself, and growing and developing myself. And so instead of playing the game of what it means to be an athletic trainer, the idea of reframe the game, like we need to reframe the perspective of how we move through this profession, how we grow as healthcare providers, how we grow as humans, we have to reframe that because we cannot give up what we, we cannot lose the joy in what we have by going after what we want. We can go after what we want as long as we keep the joy of what we have. And, and we, we, we need to be 
we, we have the opportunity. We don't need to be doing anything, but we have the opportunity to shift what we do and, and be part of a, a profession that's sustainable. Be part of a profession that has vitality. Be part of a profession that we love, a profession that we can make a difference in, a profession that is difficult and an understanding that life is hard and we do hard things. And then the the uh, the mindset, the motivation and the methods to be able to execute on those things that we need to do. So we truly can reframe the game. And we truly can move to this place where we can love ourselves, we can invest in our job without sacrificing the other things the other things in our life. And uh, it's not easy, but uh, this is my attempt uh, of, of sharing techniques, of sharing the mindset, the belief system that's necessary to do it, the, the motivation and how you can find and connect to your why, um, as, as well as of how to do it. And that's what Reframe the Game is all about. Reframe the Game is a podcast about the mindset, the motivation, and the methods of becoming a lifelong learner and becoming a conscious healthcare provider. I'm really looking forward uh, to inviting you and you joining me on this journey, uh, hopefully past one season, hopefully for several seasons to come, and we'll see how it, grow, it grows and develops. But you know, I hope that from, from the podcast, that you're able to maybe gain some inspiration, be inspired to think about your situation a little differently, uh, you know, by being able to reflect and, and really to have a conversation. I, I want this to be conversation focused because we have to become conversation focused so we can bring it to our awareness. And once it's in our awareness, then we can start to, to take action on that. But until it's up there, until it's in the frame of conversation that we're having with ourselves, with other athletic trainers, with groups of athletic trainers, and with the profession in general, um, it, it makes it really difficult to it makes it really difficult to take action. So, I really do hope that reframe the game can serve as a source of inspiration, of motivation, and of practical tips, tools, and tricks uh, for you to integrate personal development into your professional development as an athletic trainer. And I hope that the podcast also inspires you to take the leap into personal growth and development and, and inspires you to go all in on choosing yourself first so you can serve others with a purpose later. <laughs>